Friday, September 2nd. Happy birthday to my sister. First of all, happy birthday, Congratulations Carrie. on being born, Carrie. And welcome to the Just Baseball Show. It's the three of us. It's me, Peter. It's Aram. It's Jack. Off the top, we got to address a little bit of depressing, depressing things. Um, I did a goof. Yes. My webcam has been a bit blurry. And Arm hasn't heard this yet, but Jack laughed at me and he appreciated my humility. The film was still on it, Arm. <laughs> um, no I, way. I'm good at some things. And I'm really dumb at other things. Tech, not one of the good things. Not good one thing. of the good things. Bets. I can read Let's numbers, <laughs> bets. You know, we can do units. You know, we're one of the best in the world. But at the tech part, we're one of the worst in the world. And I just feel like such a loser. Video games suck at them so bad. Tried to Twitch stream. They're telling me like how to put together a team. And I'm like, I know all the players, but I can't press the buttons correctly. Yeah. Aram, you're good at a lot of things. Maybe being handy and, and getting the dust off the walls is not one no, of your strong suits. Absolutely not. Uh, but we did move out. If people watch on YouTube, they can see the blank wall behind me. It looks like I live in an insane asylum, ready to move tomorrow. But uh, I picture like the Claritin and Clear commercial where you just peel yes. that off. Like yes. that's what your camera looks like now. So congratulations on, on the upgraded camera. You know what I was thinking? I was thinking the military grade su sunglasses that are like glare reducers. You know what I'm talking about? Where like you see those infomercials and you put them on and then it just makes life. Yes, clear. yes, I I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yes. Now that we're past that incredibly embarrassing thing about me, Jack, you're perfect, aren't you? And you made yeah. these great power rankings, which we're yeah. going to go over, which you can also find on JustBaseball.com. We're not going to go through every single team, but the best part about Casual Fridays is normally, sometimes we do this on Thursdays, Wednesdays, Tuesdays, but today it's Casual Fridays. Arm and I decided not to look at them at all. So we're going yeah. in blindly going to give you our initial reactions. That will take place in about a couple of minutes, but we have some things to address first. The greatest thing since sliced bread, Gunnar Henderson debuted and he hit a home run almost immediately off Tristan McKenzie, Gunnar Henderson, Corbin Carroll, you know, in the gambling Twitter spaces that we do, everyone's like, Oh, you got to fade the rookies immediately. I was like, don't do that with Gunnar. Don't do that with Corbin Carroll. You're going to tell us who you're doing that with today, though? Ken Waldachuk is not <laughs> a different breed. Um, the A's called him up for a reason. Why wasn't he going to pitch in September for the Yankees? Because he's not ready yet. He's going to pitch for the A's today against the Nationals. I'm on the Nationals. We'll see how that bet goes because we are, of course, recording on Thursday before the game takes place. But let's talk about Gunnar Henderson for a second, Arm. 
how excited were you to see him homer in, in what his second at bat yeah well in the first at bat was was a really like riveting one as well and and i mean this guy commands his ab's you talk about how people want to fade the rookies generally i agree i i was writing up kind of how he fits in on just baseball.com and you know what people can expect and like normally it's ridiculous to say, oh, let's call up a rookie and he's going to help us down the stretch here. That's why the Yankees haven't called up Peraza because I feel like why I think based on what they've <laughs> I get it. But like they probably feel, OK, how how quickly is he going to get acclimated? You know, how quickly is he going to really be able to help us down the stretch? Gunnar Henderson is in that elite category where I, it kind of translates right away. And sure, he's going to have his rookie moments, but this guy can hit, especially righties. And I think he's going to be a problem down the stretch here. Arum. Gunnar Henderson and IKF have the same amount of home runs. <laughs> Is that actually true? Like they can't, uh, and IKF is supposed to be this good defender. I can't deal with him at shortstop anymore. It cannot be worse than Oswald Peraza. Can't be worse than Anthony Volpe. Hell, it can't be worse than Trey Sweeney. Seriously, at this point, I mean, he's a fine player, but he brings a batting average to the table, and that's about it. Jack, what was your reaction to Gunnar Henderson, and what's been your reaction to IKF, if you have one? Yeah. So, um, you know, I. I... I was actually thinking my brain went to Glaber Torres instead of Isaiah Connor Falefa. And I was thinking, well, do we think Oswald Peraza could put together a 520 OPS? Because that'll be comparable to what Glaber Torres has done since the All Star break. Um, Thank you. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> it's, it, I, I don't really have any thoughts on IKF. I don't really have any thoughts on the Yankee shortstop situation. Um, I really like that Oswaldo Cabrera is playing as often as yeah. he is. Um, because he is a defensive chameleon. And uh, whenever I've turned on a Yankee game that Cabrera has been in over the last week and a half, two weeks, I'm just impressed. Like, I know we were all together in Manhattan and we were watching him for a moment. And he made a really nice defensive play in shallow right while playing second base. Um, I, I keep on checking in on Cabrera and I continue to see these amazing plays that he makes. So I think that he's around for the stretch run. Um, now, in terms of Gunner, the thing that stands out to me, like, yes, the home run off of Tristan McKenzie, but the hair. also the hair. Yeah, yeah. losing the helmet. The sex appeal. That <laughs> graceful. Like, he was a stallion rounding the bases. Not often do 21-year-olds look stallion-esque as they round the bases uh, on a home run, but Gunnar Henderson did. Can we talk about what this kind of means for the Orioles, too? Because we kind of mentioned this in passing, but Grayson Rodriguez is going to make his first start today. Of course, you're hearing this on Friday, but it's Thursday when he makes his first start. If they can get him up, if they can get D.L. Hall up, how do you think those two are going to impact the rotation? And where is Gunner going to play? So let's clarify first start of a rehab assignment for Grayson yes. Rodriguez. He's in Aberdeen, which I think is their high A. So he's starting a rehab in high A. Um, he will probably jump to Bowie and then to Norfolk. The beauty of the Orioles system, I think over any other system, is the proximity to each other. It's incredible how close all of them are to each other. Delmarva, mm. Aberdeen, Bowie, Norfolk. Like You can keep on swapping between levels because they're all like an hour drive from each other. It's actually awesome. That's how it should be. That's how it should be. Some teams, it's so weird. But yeah, that was another thing I kind of detailed in the article. We talked about it yesterday. I think Gunner, you know, he's going to move all over. He's played third yesterday, but I think we're going to see him play a lot of second because you talk about bad second halves. Rugnado Odor, we talked about it yesterday. It's been brutal and and both defensively and offensively. So you're you're getting a huge boost from Gunner there, but he's played all over the diamond through the minor league season this year. And that's not because he can't play short. It's because he's that versatile. He has a cannon for an arm because of course he does. 
And I think we're going to see more second base, but he can also play a little bit of third. D.L. Hall, they've been grooming as a reliever now over the last, yeah. not for the long term, but I think it's more for this year to one, preserve his innings. He's been injury prone. And two, I think that's where he fits in to help them immediately. I think that's what they're going to use them as over the over the next month or so is kind of a multi-inning lefty reliever, which he, he could really thrive in that role. So absolutely. Um, think, yeah, go ahead. Go yeah. ahead, Jack. No, just real quick, Arm. Like we talk about the strengths with the top prospects in baseball all the time. What's the flaw with Gunnar Henderson? Lefties. Um, I, I'm that's my only concern is how is he going to hit le- big league lefties? 34% K rate on the season, left on left. And I was watching a couple ABs and triple some guys with good breaking balls. You just just really made him look a bit uncomfortable. I, I think they're going to shelter him a little bit from those from those situations. They still have Ramon Arias who can play third base, and uh, I think they can mix and match. They just added a Jesus Aguilar to the roster like maybe five minutes before we started recording, which is funny because they signed him to a minor league deal, and then he immediately uh, gets his contract selected there. Uh, so I, I think they're going to kind of shelter him from lefties a little bit. That's really the only weakness I could say he really has power rankings let's do it enough about the Orioles we should kind of bag on the Blue Jays for a second I mean have you seen the way they're playing the Cubs Orioles can catch them and that's why this is so exciting too because you add a guy like Gunnar Henderson it's just a it's just a boost in the clubhouse too because you you have the veterans who they're they're right there in a playoff hunt maybe that was unexpected and then you see the organization saying you know what the window has opened quicker than we thought it would. So we're going to start calling up our reinforcements, even if it might seem a little bit early. It really doesn't seem all that early because Gunnar Henderson homers in his first game. And if Grayson Rodriguez can make an impact in the rotation too, I mean, Arm, who who in Major League Baseball reminds you the most of Grayson Rodriguez? Not right yeah. now. Not right now because, you know, he's not obviously not going to, be at his full form immediately. And Jack, I know you're you're squinting that forehead too. Who does he remind you guys of? Doesn't have to be perfect. I'm not asking for perfection. I'm the guy with the film still on my white webcam. Just <laughs> give me your best shot. But I'm perfect, so I have to be perfect. Agreed. That's a really good question because there's a lot of things that make Grayson Rodriguez Rodriguez unique. And part of the reason why I think they might they might push him forward if he looks good health-wise, uh, you know, in these couple rehab starts here. He's huge at 6'5", but four above average to plus pitches. You just don't see that much. I, I would say maybe Walker Bueller. Mm. Uh, like he he remind, The arsenal reminds me of Walker, except add three inches of height and 40 pounds. So he's just a horse. Uh, and I would say the command might be a little bit further ahead of where Walker was at that age, but obviously the command is good. That's, that's my, that's how high I am on Grayson Rodriguez. Look, look, look what's right next to me. Funny enough, I'm moving out. And this is the one thing I have left for those who aren't watching on YouTube. It's a Grayson Rodriguez autograph Bowman Chrome auto out of one fifty uh, that I've just been holding on to for a while. I, I, I don't buy pictures, but that's my exception. And for those on YouTube watching as well, Jack's Wi-Fi basically just kicked in as Aram said, Walker Bueller and Grayson Rodriguez remind each other. So we got his full reaction. Jack, welcome to the show and welcome to your Wi-Fi. Um, so Aram and I, uh, I think are spending too much time talking to each other. So I can actually leave the Zoom now because Aram can speak <laughs> for the both of us because the the words that I had prepped, if I was going to go first, if Arm let me go first there, I was going to say a taller, burlier Walker Bueller. <laughs> no way. And that's exactly that's crazy. We've Arm never floated that one back and forth. 
Never, never before. And the reason you say, you know, bigger Walker Bueller is is a lot like what Aram said. And, you know, you look at Bueller at best form now, he's five pitches at any point and he's walking one and a half guys per nine. Like he doesn't walk people and he can turn to any pitch and any count change ups. Good breaking stuff is disgusting from Bueller and the fastball can be overpowering when it's on. That's Grayson Rodriguez, probably with a more electric fastball. Yep. Probably a better changeup, but maybe worse breaking pitches. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Give him a shot, please. Give him a shot. Orioles, you might make the playoffs. Let's get into the power rankings written by our guy, Jack McMullen on JustBaseball.com. The Oakland Athletics and the Washington Nationals switch spots. The Nationals are now 20. The Nationals are now 30, and the Oakland A's are now. Uh, 29. What made you do that, Jack? You you see the note that I have in there about the starting pitchers. They've had seven guys start a game since the All-Star break. They all have an ERA over six. And the two that don't, or over five, is it over six or over five? It's over a lot. It's over a lot. It's I over. Mean, er, yeah, I oh. mean, we're splitting airs here. I think it's over five. I'm it's over at five. It right now. So five of the seven guys that have started a game for the Nats since the All-Star break, have an ERA over five. The two that don't, Wait. Josiah Gray's got like a four eight, and Corey Abbott has a four nine. Wait, we got a big series. We got a big series to decide who's the worst team in baseball. We got A's Nationals, right? We got the toilet bowl. When's the toilet bowl? No, it's today. That's why I'm Dang. on. That's why I'm on the Nationals. Better team than Wal- the Oakland A's. Waldich to- trying to preserve the 29th spot in in just baseball's power rankings for the A's. That's why they brought him up. Dude. They're trying to make a push. Arab, do you agree with this analysis? Like, are you higher yeah. on the A's? Or are you higher on the Nationals? I'm higher on the A's just because, like, they brought up guys that are, like, competent, right? Like, this is actually a hilarious conversation. <laughs> yeah. You bring up Waldachuk, who I, I think is better than m- most of what the Nationals are, are rolling out there. J.P. Sears has looked pretty good. Like, they've got more usable dudes and Cole Irvin as well. Like, Jack mentioned that. Uh, yeah, the, the A's are much more watchable and just a better team. Jack, you're down on the Tigers, but you're up on the Royals. The Royals yeah. moved to 25 in the power rankings, and the Tigers went go from 26 down to 27. Why? You know, I mean, what gives? Yeah, I mean, so at <laughs> this point, like, at this point, the teams that are out of commission, they can climb in the power rankings. Like, you can climb as high as, like, 21 or 22 if you are fun, if you're kind of enticing. I like that. And the Royals are way more <laughs> fun than the Detroit Tigers. Like, the Tigers are actually – limping to the finish line they're depressing yeah but but the royals they're using this opportunity to like actually draw fans to kaufman stadium i think i'm actually more inclined to go to a royals game on september 2nd than i was on may 2nd i agree with that you know who's hitting pretty well arm nick prado yeah prado has been hitting well i just wish Vinny pasquantino was consistently in the lineup i know he's dealing with something right now I wish he was kind of consistently in the lineup because they have a very exciting young batch it's of young. hitting prospects. That's the thing. And while the Tigers can't hit anything. No, and, and, and they're young. The problem with the Tigers, their young guys are struggling and the free agent signings suck. So where uh, you look at the Royals, at least their young guys are like hitting, showing signs of life, look solid. Like that infield and, and the, the bats that they have there. And then even calling up like a Drew Waters, who's looked great in triple and is <sighs> interesting enough. Like, Pascantino, Prado, Melendez, and and Bobby Witt could hit you 120 home runs. Like that's yeah. a really fun young core. So I, I agree with that. And they're gonna be fun if they can put it together. And Brady Singers look pretty good too. 
And don't forget about my guy, Mike Massey. Oh, Mike Massey as well. Yeah. Give you a chance to talk about Chicago teams. We'll start with the Chicago Cubs, who are a bit of a, you know, one of the bigger risers, I guess, in these power rankings. There's not a lot of big ups and down swings here, but the Chicago Cubs are at 23, up from their previous ranking at 25. And you put them over the Colorado Rockies. Um, I have no real analysis on that front. (laughs) I think you could go either way. Um, what I will say is I've been excited to find that the Cubs feel like they have a real shortstop in Nico Horner. Yeah. If we're looking at F4. I think he's seventh right now among yeah. shortstops. Like that's a very underrated player in baseball right now. You could say that Nico Horner is one of the most underrated players in uh, all baseball. We just did. Good. It's funny. You said, no, I was, I was laughing because literally the, the, when we had our editorial meeting on Tuesday, the article I pitched that I wanted somebody to write this week was Nico Horner is the most underrated player in baseball. So baseball uh, brains. We're just Clay Snowden working on it. Yeah. Everyone's re- I'm reading everyone's minds today. I've got you now and I've got Jack watch out, yeah. but uh, Clay, Clay Snowden's working on that right now. Um, and I, I agree. I mean, the guy does impacts the game in so many different ways. If the power ticks up a little bit, He's he's entering, you know, that elite threshold of shortstops, but they've got their guy for and, sure. And Jack, Nick Madrigal is a baseball player. He's a baseball player. Um, what is he? Since the all-star break, he's hitting 300, slugging 338. Is that right? Still counts. It's in the article. Um, yeah. No, also, those, that's right. That's can right. I just acknowledge real quick that um, Aram decided to get rid of all of his material possessions from his apartment, and now he can start reading minds. <laughs> I think we need to simplify our lives. I agree. I'm I just have totally I just have my that. superpowers right right here with Grayson yes. Rodriguez. Yes, that's your Thanos hand. <laughs> Who's um before we continue, I am interested in the card conversation because we have a lot of baseball card people and we haven't really unpacked Arms card collection. Is there anyone you've bought recently? Uh recently, Andy Rodriguez. I yes. doubled down on. Yes. Um I figured if I was gonna give that out on our TikTok, I better take my own advice. So put it out and then bought a few more. Uh switch hitting catcher in in the pirate system that's just been hilariously good over the last 40 games hitting almost almost 400 uh with 15 pumps like he's been a joke um so that that's a guy that i really like because he also plays second left outfield like all over so even first so that's a guy i've been collecting but on the big league side I've been scooping up more Manny Machados. I just continue to buy Manny Machado and Nolan Arenado because those are two guys I love third baseman two guys that also they're Hall of Famers. Arenado is literally done. Like he can be a Hall of Famer, and Machado's is well Machado on his way. Is going to be a Hall of Famer? Yes, yes. I, think I was know. going through the numbers. Like, is he is he a 500 home run guy? Probably not. Is he a 3,000 hit guy? Probably not. Is he a 300 career hitter? Probably not. I'm actually I don't know if Machado Arenado is going to be a Hall of Famer. Is nah. Machado going to be a Hall of Famer? Yeah. Machado is going to be a better version of Scott Rowland, I think. Like, I think when you look at career war. I think okay. Machado is going to be that war accumulator because he's so good defensively for so is, long. I Peter is right that. though; he doesn't have that one like you I call it. Saying. We call it buzzwords, like in other contexts, but it's almost like buzzword stats. You have to have one of those that like yeah. kind of puts you over the top. But again, I, I I look at it like a rolling situation here where he's already 
50.6 yeah. B war. Yeah. 50 points. He's 29. And I was 50.6 B war. I was not trying to say that I don't believe he's a Hall of Famer. I do. You were saying you hate Manny Machado. Yeah, I think you said he's the most overrated player ever, is what I was You're reading my mind again. What I meant, I didn't actually say it. No, what I'm saying is I totally believe that Manny Machado should be a Hall of Famer and will be a Hall of Famer. I just look at all of the counting numbers, which a lot of these Hall of Famers look at besides war. And you could point to the war and say, yes, he's a Hall of Famer due to that. But I feel like that's the only thing he's going to be a Hall of Famer. in. I don't know if he's ever going to win an MVP. The gold gloves are certainly there. I don't know if he's ever going to win a title, especially in San Diego now where they aren't even good. We're going to talk about them a little later in the power rankings. Okay. So if you are so focused on the counting numbers, if Manny Machado were to stop wearing batting gloves, do you think he gets into the Hall of Fame? Yes. I mean, that's obvious. Yes. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> now, the last thing I'll say on then more important than counting numbers is the aesthetic. It's batting average, aesthetic, yeah. and pitcher wins. Also, yes. have you seen that clip of him looking at the ball and then throwing it 100 miles an hour across the diamond that went viral on TikTok back in the day? Like, that's also factors into modern voting. But Agreed. the last thing I'll say on him is, is, I mean, if he were to hit that 30 year old like plateau and just fall off a cliff, like it could be a discussion because he's 29 and, uh, but you assume he puts together another, at the very least, five good seasons. And I think he's he's playing the best baseball we've ever seen him play right now, or at least up there offensively this season. Uh, he, he's in good shape. But then, yeah, defensively, Arenado's ready to go. Those are two guys I really like. I've been buying up. Austin Riley I bought, you know, earlier in the season. That was another eBay pick on the TikTok. And uh, he's too expensive now. <laughs> also, I'm so done counting out the guys who are consistent year in and year out, even if they have a bad season like the year prior. I'm not saying that Manny Machado did that, but the fact that, you know, people were down on Nolan Arenado before this. Mm-hmm. Season. Some people were not that people yeah. were down on Paul Goldschmidt, but even we, you know, he wasn't the number one first baseman in our rankings. Not even he was close. Like five. Yeah. And I think yeah. we were even higher on him than a lot of other people were that, you know, he's getting 34 years old. A guy like Jose Altuve, like how much longer is he going to be good? They're right. all like the best players at their position. They're just year in, year out, amazing. And that's why I say Mookie Betts, I feel is the best player in baseball, not named Shohei Otani. Because year in and year out, I know what I'm going to get from Mookie Betts. Elite defense to play one of the best base runners he's going to hit close to 300 he's going to have a wrc plus in the 150 range he can hit 30 home runs and he can steal you 25 bases i know what i'm going to get like that's why mookie Betts and just the clubhouse aspect of what mookie brett brings brings to the table he does nothing poorly and he's all around amazing it's fair it's more than fair it's actually <laughs> correct sorry <laughs> let's keep moving uh, jack yeah angels are worse than the marlins are we sure one team has Mike Trout and Choi Otani. Regardless, if you're talking about fun, one team has those and Luis Renjifo. The Marlins don't have a hitter as good as Luis Renjifo, but the Angels don't even have a pitcher close to as good as Sandy Alcantara. Right. So what do you like? I don't know. So, so I personally like the Marlins. And, like, you look at the Marlins and you look at the team slash line, it's the worst. Shaking his head. It's the worst. <laughs> They're hitting 211 as a team since the All-Star break. They have the worst average on base and slugging percentage, which, of course, adds up to the worst OPS in all of baseball since the All-Star break. They cannot hit. Nope. Sandy Alcantara is the best pitcher on planet Earth right now. Um, and they steal a bunch of bags. They do so, steal bags. John they steal Birdie. bags. John Birdie uh, and Birdie's company. Been awesome. Are they still the only team in baseball with more than 100 bags? Is Garrett I, Cooper I, still bases? <laughs> Garrett Cooper can barely run, period. Yeah. Uh, but the, the one thing that I was expecting was for them to be way down there. Honestly, wouldn't have bat an eye if you put him at 28, because this is the worst offense 
not only in baseball at this point, this is a historically bad offense that we've seen in the second half, especially after they DFA Jesus Aguilar. Uh, this was from one of one of my guys at Fist Stripes, Luis Adio Weiss. I hope I said that right. But Luis said he pointed the stat out, and it's insane. Marlins hit 196 in August. That's the second worst mark in said calendar month in MLB history oh my since God. the 1903 Washington Senators hit 192. Dude, I remember balls that were made they out were of not corn. That good, yeah, yeah. That Senators team wasn't too good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you but could they say... they had good expected stats. That that yeah. 03 Senators team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Senators team. Okay. Um, you know, we make fun of the Tigers. Tigers don't have Sandy Alcantara, but the Tigers have a better bullpen. I mean, how much better are the Marlins than the Tigers? If we're being real with each other, I mean, I know. Well, listen. I'm sure they could say, like, it's not the Marlins. This was a tweet from Greg Peterson. In the last 30 games, they haven't scored more than four runs in 28. 28. Yeah. It should be relegated. <laughs> and the rookie, like, if we're talking about the Tigers rookies are being bad. Arm, what what young hitter on the Marlins is doing not even okay? Like just that's it. Not, that's the end just, of the set. Just not too bad. Yeah, um, just not yeah. I mean, Blade has been like not nauseating <laughs> okay. at times, dude. He's but been pretty it, at least with the tiger with the Tigers, though, everyone was expecting those guys to be like rookie of the year candidates, right? So that's the difference. Where it's like Riley Green was one of the rookie of the year favorites. Torkelson was, I think, the rookie of the year. Of course, my rookie of the year pick. Like a yeah, while I went, and he's hitting a buck eighty in AAA right now. Oh like, no! And then and then. The Marlins side, you know, Blade lost a lot of helium. Burdick, no one really paid attention to. Gerard Encarnacion had no, no, you know, really talk about him before the year. But I, I think it's the young pitching that puts the Marlins over the top. Like they don't wheel out a total bum, you know, really anytime. When everyone's healthy, in which they are right now, you're getting an interesting starter every single day. Yes. All, all five spots in the rotation are an interesting starter. And I don't think any of the teams in the back 10 really can can say that. So that is the one thing that makes up for what is the worst offense I've ever seen in my entire life. Jack, the Angels are better than the Marlins. You got it wrong. You're not perfect. I am perfect. <laughs> one that you did get right, and I kind of love this, one of the biggest risers in the power rankings versus one of the biggest fallers, Arizona Diamondbacks up to 19, San Francisco yeah. Giants from 23, San Francisco Giants down from 15. I think you said it yourself perfectly in the article. If the wheels haven't fallen off the bus for San Francisco already, losing seven in a row was certainly the final blow. They have been terrible lately, but the Diamondbacks have been sneaky good. I wouldn't have been surprised if you ranked the Diamondbacks above the Giants. I really wouldn't. So here's the fun factor playing in, right? Corbin Carroll is up. Corbin Carroll and Alec Thomas in the same outfield. You've got so many guys um, like, does it really hurt that they got boat raced by the Phillies last night? It totally does. I mean, that was a murder. No, but they won the first two games. They boat raced them in the first two games. It's the Phillies who are supposed to be way better than them. I, no, I mean, and then listen, they swept dude, the White Sox. Like, I'm higher on the Diamondbacks than even you are. Them putting eight up on Aaron Nola was very, very impressive. Unreal. Very Unreal. impressive. Um, Aaron Nola's no, been better on the road this year. My thing is, like, I don't think this team – Currently, like, I don't think this active 28-man roster now on September 2nd is talented enough to be any higher on this list than what they are, but they deserve that bump into the top 20 because of how fun they're playing right now. 
Arm, I gotta say, I'm excited about this Diamondbacks team. Yeah. What's their one weakness? Shortstop with Geraldo Perdomo. No, yeah, I love Geraldo on the Perdomo. way up, dude. I love Good. Perdomo. No, stop, you don't. dude. Stop. stop. Yeah. I, I love Perdomo. I, I, that was that that guy has blown my mind in terms of like, and not to not to be harsh on it. I hate bagging on players. It's not about Perdomo. Like he's he's done what he's you know he's the big man, done everything again. But he's always been a top 100 prospect, and I've never understood why he's never even put up that great of numbers in the minor leagues. Doesn't hit the ball that hard. He's a good defender. Like runs a little bit. He's whatever. So silky. Tiny, that, but Jordan Lawler. Is tiny getting, little X in front of some of his things. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And, or just like it looks good. And, and people talk themselves into it because he's an expensive international free agent. But <laughs> you look at Jordan Waller, he's already in double A and he's looking pretty good. So if Waller's timeline is a bit quicker here because he's much more polished, I think, than people thought he would be is a very toolsy high schooler. That pretty much satisfies their one weakness. They got to get through the next year. Maybe they go another year with Nick Ahmed if he comes back uh, off of injury, and at least you know he's going to play elite defense. But everything else is good. You look at the rotation. The one-two punch of Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallon has been great. Uh, and then they're going to have a bunch of other guys that they can call up. We talked about it in yesterday's episode. Jack and I did of like some of the prospect arms we like over there. And then how about the bats? Even Jake McCarthy has come up. And I know I pulled a Bowman Chrome auto of his to go back to the cards thing three years ago when I was livid, absolutely livid. I don't know where I threw it, um, but it's somewhere. And I got to scoop it back up because it's probably a decent card. Now the guy's got two, he's two wins above replacement, 12 bags, six homers and 71 games so far this year. But Dude, we're I mean, not even talking. We're not even talking about the best player on the Diamondbacks. Stone Garrett is better than I all love these guys. Stone. He's literally better than all of them. And you know who's been good lately? Carson Kelly had a really bad start to the year at catcher, been hitting the piss out of the ball. Yep. The the combination of Stone Garrett, Carson Kelly, and Josh Rojas, it's hard to buy, find a better trio. And then they have those other guys like and then Carroll Walker and Walker, Marte like and Walker, or whatever, whoever they the are. combination of Stone Garrett, Carson <laughs> Kelly, and Josh Rojas is better than most teams. Dude, and we got to get a hobby. The trio. We got to yeah. get a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> they're sick though and then the giants talking about uh the diebacks gonna hit they can't hit um and if carlos rodon has a bad start the game's over if logan webb doesn't look like the logan webb against the dodgers in the postseason last year the game is over jacob junis has been fine and of course there's other pitchers in the rotation the only bright spot is is the velociraptor camillo duvall um because they can't hit and um and john brebby has also been good he pitches every single game every game every giants game you turn on he's coming in the sixth inning whether they're winning, losing, doesn't matter. Um, do you know who leads – Jack, do you know who if – if it's not in front of you right now, do you know who leads the San Francisco Giants in F4? Is it Rodon? Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm sorry, I should, side, yeah. I should say position players. Who leads position players on the San Francisco Giants in F4? Is it Jock or no? Nope, he's sixth. Can I How is can he I guess? sixth? Because he's not playing defense. I'm it's like, not in he, front of you? It's yeah, no, it's you. not in front of me. I, okay. I just have the power rankings over. I'm going to say Mike Yastrzemski. He is seventh. I'm going to say Tyro Estrada. Bang. Tyro yeah. Estrada at yeah. 1.9 F4 so is their bad. most valuable so player. Bad. Austin Slater at 1.8 F4. Wilmer Flores at 1.7. I haven't dug it up, but oh. I want to look across the entire game, across every big league team. I don't know if there's another major league team out there that has that doesn't have a position player with an F4 of two. So. I bet on the Giants over win total. <laughs> I, that, this this was my this was my one passionate take going into the year was that this team stinks yeah. and they've been worse than I thought they would be. So um, 
me getting Tyro Estrada correct uh, should tell you again that I need a hobby really badly. Um, and B, I mean, like, think about it. The best hitter on the Giants, quote unquote, in Tyro Estrada. I think there are a lot of people that listen to this podcast that have never seen Tyro Estrada swing a bat. There are some people that probably didn't know he was a baseball player. Former Yankees great, Tyro Estrada. How many games did he play with the Yankees? Like eight. Yeah. No, I don't know how many games he played. <laughs> played with the Yankees, though. He played uh, 51. Okay. 61. Okay. 61. He was really good for them. 29 WRC plus in 2020. <laughs> All right, let's move off the Giants. We've done enough. Um, But we're moving forward to two teams that definitely don't deserve any praise. And that's the White Sox and the Red Sox, uh, ranked right in in between each other. If you want to see where they're ranked, check out the article. Let's just bag on them. That's a tease, yeah. Yeah, let's just bag on them. Um, They're not very good at baseball. Lucas Giolito, I think, has a 12 ERA. Um, Lance Lynn sometimes puts together good starts. Um, Thank goodness for Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease is really good at baseball. Yeah, but Cease just had a rough time. Um, I want to give credit to Jose Abreu. Jose Josh Abreu has second. Yeah. <laughs> Jose Abreu, though, I like every time I think this guy's going to start to taper off, slow first half, he has really been awesome this year. 309, 386, 454 slash line. Like this guy's going to hit, I think, until he can't walk anymore, like Pujol style. Arm, another one of those guys. The maybe had a bad year last year or something, and people are just down on another yep. one. He's going to be consistent until the just, day he dies. Just don't swear him off. Yeah, he's a beast. Even when even when he can barely move, he's going to give you a one twenty WRC. Exactly, plus. I agree. that's another perfect example. Jack, but what you know? What um, do you have anything bad to say about the Red Sox, or maybe something good? Maybe something um, good about the Red Sox. I don't. Pavetta's have- the ace. I don't have much good to say about the Boston Red Sox. Um, what I do want to say is Jose Abreu this year in August hit 333 and had a 796 OPS. Um, have you ever looked at his career splits in August? He's like one of the greatest hitters all time in the month of August. Um, Jose Abreu for his career is slashing 334, 390, 581 in August. Wow. He's he one of the greatest August. players of all you time. You need a hobby. hobby. Yeah. You just keep proving why you need a hobby. Yep. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Red Sox? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, does anyone have anything to say about the Red Sox? I, I was debating this so with much. Colby the other day, and this is something I want to revisit in a future episode. Um, which situation would you prefer moving forward, the Red Sox or the White Sox? Um, they're both very brutal. Uh, looking at the Red Sox team right now, I don't know why they don't call up Tristan Casas. I would love to see them promote him. He's been phenomenal since returning from injury, hitting well over 300, walking as much as he strikes out. Instead, we get to see Franchi Cordero and Bobby Dalbeck yeah. combined for a 0.0 F war in what has been, yeah, in 200 games this year. At least they're not a detriment to their team. <laughs> yes, that's correct. They are just there, existing. <sighs> Next team in the AL Central, I, you know, as I'm scrolling through, because these are we're going, Arm and I are going blind into this. The Twins are pretty low, Jack. Yeah, yeah. Twins are pretty low. I'm not saying that's a bad ranking by you, but as a man who said the Twins would win the World Series last year, as a man <laughs> yeah. who's still on the Twins this year, are you finally saying, all right, maybe the Twins aren't uh, that good at baseball? They're fifteenth. My thing is like they need to be perfect um, offensively in order to overcome what they don't have on the mound. 
And, you mm-hmm. know, we can watch Yohan Duran do his thing all day long in the back end of that bullpen, like a 100-mile-an-hour splitter. Bundy got him a cake. Um, great. But Jose Miranda has been really good. Um, there were a couple other guys. Nick Gordon has been really good since the All-Star break. But you need Correa to be really good. You need Luis Arise to be mm-hmm. really, really, really good. And they're not doing Buxton. it right now. Buxton's you hurt. Buxton like, to be healthy. Yeah, it's playing. just yeah. It, it's tough for me to see a postseason in which the Twins are involved. To be totally honest, and the pitching is so underwhelming in Minnesota. It's so. I mean, Joe Ryan is fine. Joe Ryan's fine. Sonny Gray is good. Tyler Malley is good. It's Dylan Bundy is not. Yeah, the yeah. bullpen. You have Yoan Duran and not much else to be Jorge that excited Lopez about. Hasn't been good, yeah. He's no. been fine. He's been, he's been, I, I don't even have the stats in front of me just from, yeah, I agree. I'm not even going to say he's been good. I'm going to say he's been fine. And I think that's accurate. Arm, do you have the Jorge Lopez numbers in front of you? I don't have Lopez in front of me, but actually I do now. He's thrown 11 innings for them and ERA of two, four, five. He's been good over the last couple outings, but I mean, you know, nothing, nothing special, but uh, the, the thing with, with the, the twins as i look at 15 i'm like oh it's a little low but then you look ahead at the teams that are ahead of them and you're like which team are you putting the twins over and you know we can kind of revisit that question as we go through the the subsequent teams here but i don't know if i'm putting the twins ahead of any of the other teams that jack has ahead of either especially because i think these next four are perfectly ranked except i have one issue so at 10, there's the Padres. At 11, it's the Guardians. At 12, it's the Blue Jays. 13 is the Brewers. And 14 is the I'm, Orioles. 14 is the Orioles. Um, I, w- I was almost skipping over them because we just gave the Orioles yeah. a lot of shine, and they deserve to be at 14, at least at this moment. Yeah. The only thing I would change is I would put the Guardians over the Padres. I actually think they're yeah. a better team. Yeah. I do. I um, think if we're talking about the fun factor, I mean, the Guardians are more fun to watch. Their pitching has been awesome. And you know what? Kyle Quantrill. Let me say something for a second. Let me fucking say something about Kyle Quantrill for a second. <laughs> the man <laughs> hasn't lost. Jack just left the screen. You know what, Arm? You leave the screen, too. This is the Peter Apple Show. Welcome to it. Cal Quantrill hasn't lost a game at home in 39 career starts. The second half from Cal Quantrill last year was electric. The current second half from Cal Quantrill is electric. Arm. He's at a 3.50 ERA. If he has a motherfucking 3.49 ERA, you're getting that tattoo on your forehead. I got a perfect spot right in the middle on of your my forehead. Scars. And it's oh, you know that picture no, I post on Twitter all the time. It's going right in the middle of your forehead. <laughs> right there. No, it's going real small right in the middle of my scars on my right hip. I already know where it's going. You know, problem fade with right the scars. There. I want it forehead. Forehead. Just oh, whenever we're on the Just Baseball show, I see Cal Quadro's gorgeous face staring back at me while you talk to me about the top 100, which I here's, am still feeding for. Here's what I'm thinking Arm does. I think he does top lip. He does like a lip tap, but on <laughs> yeah. both. Top one says daddy. Bottom says cow. Oh. Daddy cow. <laughs> what do we think? I love it. It's, it's, that's, that's in consideration. And for those who might not know what that's in reference to, uh, didn't maybe didn't listen to that episode. Peter and I have a bet. If Cal Quantro finishes with a sub three five ERA, which he is currently at three five on the dot, hilarious. which is hilarious. <laughs> with a month left, uh, I have to get some sort of a very small. I, I will clarify, very small <laughs> Cal Quantro related tattoo. Because <laughs> I don't have a tattoo. I'm not edgy like Jack. 
or oh, or Peter. Both are. I'm, super I'm the only guy. I'm the only guy on this podcast that doesn't That's have. True a and once you do, we'll be a poser. We'll we'll be a tatted up pot, which is sick. Yeah, maybe we'll get maybe we'll get like a tattoo sponsor. Yeah, that is cool. I mean, all three guys are just tatted, talking ball. Yeah, arm turn your hat backwards. We're just, ha- We're just backwards hat tatted yeah. baseball guys. Sick. It's cool. It's real cool. Um. But what do you guys think about my take that the Guardians are better? Because I just went off a tangent there talking about my king. But I do actually think that the Guardians as a full team are more well-rounded and just a better squad than the Padres are. Because to the Twins' point, I feel like the Padres, everything has to be rolling for them to be right. With the Guardians, they at least can be bad. You know, their pitching may not show up one day, but then the offense does. Like they have... They're just more well-rounded, kind of like I was always so high on the Cardinals because when one side goes down, the other side will pick them back up. That's how I feel about the Guardians. That's what I would say. I think the Guardians are the safer team, uh, especially with with the stat that Jack tweeted out uh, the the other day or today, uh, which was uh, what what the Guardians' bullpen has been doing as of Mm -hmm. late. So you look at the bullpen, you look at the starting rotation, and then the offense just being – good enough and that's the thing is that's all they needed was the offense to be good enough jose ramirez hasn't even been playing well and you know you assume that's not going to continue he's going to get it back going again like this is a team that is very well balanced and almost seems impervious to the losing streak whereas the padres obviously way more upside if it all clicks for the padres they they could be the best team in baseball or one up not the best but they could be a top five team in baseball if their pitchers are pitching the way they're supposed to and their guys in the field are hitting the way they're supposed to that obviously hasn't been the case so maybe guardians are a safer consistent team that's not i I don't disagree with that i I think they're pretty much neck and neck. our guy javi was having a field day over josh Hader getting one save yeah yeah that's where we're at with the padres jack so i what i will tell you like full transparency i had the guardians ahead of the padres i had cleveland at 10 san diego at 11 and then i stepped back and i said wait Pussy. one of those teams has juan soto and manny machado and the other <laughs> doesn't it's a good point so and, point. and and like again like you assume blake snell yeah one of the other things that joe that, musgrove yes yes snell has looked good that's the other thing to put aaron in. savali has looked better than all of them which is disgusting <laughs> It's so weird. I love Cleveland. And, like, I think Stephen Kwan has quickly, like, become my single favorite player to watch in baseball. I can't get enough watching Stephen Kwan. Put the Guardians. Put on your big boy pants. Go in. Edit the article. Put the Guardians out of the Padres. So, remember remember the six times earlier this episode where I said I was perfect? It's clear you're not. I'm a pansy. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have. We found it. We found his one flaw. I have countless. Arm has a few, and Jack has one. I have one. Let's keep getting into it. Um, You're high on the Rays. Yeah, Rays have been rising. Yeah, number nine. Um, But Shane McClanahan and Brian Allow just hit the IL. But we're you're still high on them. Yeah. Um. I I think I was writing actually positive vibes after we figured out that Shane McClanahan's injury was not as serious as it looked. Okay. Like a cortisone shot back in two weeks, you miss two or three starts. That's it. You're good. Um, thought that was big. My thing, like, I just kind of took a page out of your book, Peter. I was like, here I am saying that this offense like looks like shit, and they just keep winning. So I'm just gonna stop doubting them. Like right. I, I'm gonna stop trying to think about the Rays and just be like, yeah, I mean they're they're number nine for sure. That's exactly what I did with the Giants this year where I thought to myself, 
I'm I doubted them all last year. It was like I can't be I'm I've never been right on the Giants. I thought they were going to suck last year and they won 107 games. That was the team that was my least profitable team was betting against the Giants. So I banned them in terms of betting against them. And then this year I'm like, "All right, I lost on the Giants so much. I'm not going to doubt them anymore. And look how shitty they are. But the Rays have been a team where I've never doubted. And then they've always just been good. So that's what I thought the Giants were. But the Giants just aren't the Rays. The The Rays Rays have a different formula. Yeah, they are. I agree. because, And I think this year has been almost the most impressive example of the Rays. Because we've talked about I've brought it up so many times. But just this team has been decimated like none other, I think, in Major League Baseball this season. And the fact that they are still, what, 15 games over 500 this year with what they've dealt with is insane. Insane. One guy I want to highlight before we move on, Drew Rasmussen, of course, had the perfect game going. (laughs) What what were you going to say? You You were like, one player I want to highlight, Drew Rasmussen. He's like, you, (laughs) Chang. Drew Rasmussen over his last eight starts, a 1-8-4 ERA, 44 innings. He's punched out 41 and walked six, only allowed a total of nine earned runs. This guy's locked in at the perfect time. Looks like a legit number two for them. I don't know if he's sustainably that, but right now pitching at that level. And if they get glass now back at the end here, it's a nice little boost potentially. Non-zero chance. Non-zero. So I was, um, I remember talking with Aram as soon as the Adamas trade went through last year, like, and we thought mutually beneficial because fire eyes and JP fire eyes and had a really good start to the 2021 season with Milwaukee. And I think a lot of people looked at Fire Eisen as the main piece of that return for Willie Adamas, but it was Fire Eisen and Rasmussen. And, you know, I, I think Rasmussen had a shot at being a swing man for Tampa. I didn't think he was going to factor into a postseason rotation. His slider and fastball combo is nasty. That's what the Rays, the Rays find those guys with no issue. It's great. And Fire Eisen, before he hit the IL, he didn't allow a run. IL example was insane. <laughs> he was insane. He didn't allow a run all year. He's the only guy left with a zero ERA in baseball. I mean, it's a joke. not qualified, but it's a joke. It works. Um, also, in the MVP debate, uh, Aaron Judge showed Otani. You know who also is a zero ERA? Aaron Judge. We'll, we'll continue. Uh, Philadelphia Phillies. I have been, you know, I think. Arm and I have kind of been on the same page where this team is so, so polarizing, but I think Arm has been a little bit more pro than me. I'm just here to sit back and listen because I agree that the Phillies should be the seventh. Tell me why I should believe in the Phillies fully. Like, tell me why I should fully buy into Philadelphia. What this offense did without that. Bryce Harper, and now they add Bryce Harper. I, I, think, so good. Yeah, I think that's the only reason you need, like, Real Muto has been one of the best hitters in baseball since the All-Star break. Real Muto has been so good. Bohm has been so good. Reese Hoskins has continued to hit the shit out of the ball. Kyle Schwarber mm-hmm. may strike out a million times, but he also hits a million homers. Um, Those are second in home runs in baseball. Yeah, and now you add Bryce Harper to the fold. Um, I also mentioned they have – is it the most innings among starting pitchers in all of Major League Baseball? They're top yeah, three. So. Yeah, I know they're for sure top three. I think it was the most innings thrown by starting pitching in all of Major League Baseball. That tells you what kind of guys they're running out there. Wheeler and Nola at the very top. I know Nola got hit really hard by Arizona, but what Aaron Nola has done this year, like finally proving that those X stats were not a myth, I 
I mean, it's it's all systems go for Philly right now. And Wheeler isn't even pitching his best, and I think Wheeler's going to continue to get going. And and I I I believe in him in the postseason still. And then how about Ranger Suarez in the second yeah. half? His last seven starts a 204 ERA. And it's not like Suarez has come out of nowhere. He showed a lot of really impressive flashes last year. And so there's reason to believe that Suarez can kind of be that number three guy for them, you know, the rest of the way. And then how about Sir Anthony Dominguez? I mean, this was one time a very highly regarded arm that seemed like it just wasn't going to pan out and now puts it back together, looks dynamite. And in the second half for him, He's only allowed, I think, one earned run. Uh, they've kind of got pieces that we never that we were bagging on them for, right? Who else is going to pitch outside of the top two? Who's going to pitch in the rotation? Is the offense going to be a little bit more balanced? Is the defense, you know, going to be the worst ever? I mean, we talked about beer league softball looking defense. They've improved that with Brandon Marsh, even if he can't hit right now. Um, I, I just think this team's kind of hedged all their weaknesses and their strengths are playing up as much as we thought they could. And I, you know what? Mundo Sosa has been fine for them. And even yep. Brandon Marsh, whatever, if he doesn't hit, it's not like they need him. They he don't can just need hit him ninth. And it, nine I mean, Segura hits eighth. And yeah. Gene Segura rakes. I mean, so it, Brandon Marsh is just there for defense, and it's fine because he is one of the better defensive center fielders. Let's move into the top five or six because I have a problem, and it starts with my team. They don't deserve to be five. They're worse. Cardinals are better. Cardinals are better than them. They are. And I'm not overreacting. I'm not. Maybe I am. Fuck you if you think so. I, I don't know. The Yankees have been just awful. And it's not, it's not, you know, a couple of players have been bad. Like the only good player on the Yankees, two good players. DJ yes. LeMahieu and Oswaldo Aaron Judge. And, and Oswaldo Cabrera. Nestor is even hurt now. He was the only good starting pitcher. Frankie Montas has a 70 ERA since they acquired him. Garrett Cole puts in good starts, but he's faced the A's and then the Angels. Like I'm not putting a ton of stock into that either. The bullpen has been so hit or miss. The defense has not been good. The base running, they, they run themselves into problems all day long. I look at the Cardinals, sound, offense, pitching, bullpen, Defense. I mean, that's the only thing that you can make fun of the Cardinals for is like Helsley has given up a bomb or two here and there. But this bullpen has still Helsley been good. It's get... like a, a negative. Exactly. ERA. That's that's the only thing up pull it up is that on Sunday night baseball, he gave up a home run. Like that's it. The, the Cardinals are a better team than the New York Yankees. They are. And you again being a pansy should put the Cardinals out of the Yankees. Yeah, I got yeah. I, I want to hear yeah before I chime in what's what's the uh what's the rationale on the Yankees over uh over the Cardinals. So my thinking was Yankees fans cannot be meaner to Aaron Hicks. So once they get nice to him again, he's going to go ballistic. I'm kidding. Um Good. my God. reasoning was uh Aaron Judge is on this team. And yeah, you know we we know Amazing. like we know that the starting pitching hasn't been great for them, but Montas, Cole, Tyone, like, I, I don't know. When healthy. Yeah. There's just something about the talent on this team. And there's something about like what they've done. I mean, they were so good for so long this year. That's my big thing that the Cardinals are hitting their stride at the perfect time, but the Yankees were so good for so long. They were the top team in our rankings for months. So you're saying what they've done for the majority of this season has kind of earned them a bad, a bad month. It played in, it, I think. 
It's a bad month. Okay. It's it's a historically bad month. But, but it's been it was also it's historically been a bad second half. Yeah, you know it, it has. But here they are. They check in what three games ahead of the 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 Cardinals in the uh, win column. Yes. So even despite the struggles, they're there. I think if we did this maybe in a week and the struggles continued, I would definitely flip flop. Yeah, a little definitely. bit stronger There's on it. But I think we're right games. at the right at the cutoff of like Yankees benefit of the doubt. Maybe like we'll extend one more series here. And especially if Bader comes back and that doesn't ignite them at all, then I'm definitely getting concerned. But you know, given some of the guys that have been out, I, I think Montes has to settle and he's too talented. Um, you know, you assume Nestor is going to come back and, and you're going to get those other pieces with Bader coming back as well. I, I, I still believe in this Yankees team. I think they're way too talented. But, it, you know, the Cardinals are freaking good. The Cardinals are really freaking good. And uh, they've got an MVP on their side, too. As yeah. we record, the Yankees are six game above the Rays, and they have six games against them. Mm. That would be the biggest collapse in baseball history. I think that, that would outdo the Mets. 17, yeah, I think it would. Seventeen games left, seven game uh, lead. Even though it's already less than that, with more games to go, like a whatever crazy lead they had a month ago, that would. Be, I, I was looking at that earlier today. And I'm sorry, Peter, but I'm kind of rooting for for some chaos. Oh, there. me too. That would be one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life if the Yankees relinquished that division. Severino made a rehab start. Let's continue. Um, fuck, <laughs> Braves are really good. They deserve to be in the top five. I I love this four. Um, we can kind of, I mean. Go read the article on just baseball.com, but I do kind of want to talk about the order because I do think that it's interesting that the Mets are number two. Yeah. And I totally agree with you. I was at City Field last night and I was talking to fans too. And you know, you obviously Timmy they Trump love it. I saw Timmy Trumpet. It was electric. Yeah. I mean, it's just electricity at City Field. The Mets are better than the Astros. The Mets, when you have DeGrom and Scherzer humming and Bassett's been this good and Diaz is absolutely unhittable and Ottavino looks great, and then you have an offense with no rest besides the catching position, and even Thomas Nito had a double last night, they, they play great defense. Everything about the New York Mets is awesome, especially with Verlander having an injury right now. Like The Astros' offense hasn't been as good as I think a lot of people think. It's been good. It's not been crazy elite where it's that much better than the Mets. And the Mets kind of do everything better than the Astros. Do. I mean, maybe, you know, we're splitting hairs here because they both teams do everything awesome. But I love putting the Mets above the Astros. I agree with it. Je- Arm, what do you think before we yeah. kind of get into Jack's reasoning? Yeah, that it's interesting because, you know, I, I'm a huge Astros fan in terms of like just the way the team is constructed, the additions they've made and and, and everything about what they're, what they're doing right now. But yeah, I think when you look at what the Mets are bringing to the top, also what they have closer-wise, we've been waiting for Edwin Diaz to come down to earth. And guess what? Over the last, I think it was like month or maybe more than that, he has a negative FIP, a negative FIP. So you have the best closer in baseball and the best one to punch uh, rotation-wise, an offense that can grind any ace out. They, like don't they, will grind, out. they will grind down any ace. It doesn't matter who it is. Uh, you kind of put all that together and that probably is the second best team in baseball because you're not, no, you can't put anybody above the Dodgers at 90 and 39. You just reasonably can't. And with, with what the Mets are bringing to the table right now. Uh, yeah. I, I think they are the number two team in baseball. Yeah. 
I the thing that jumped out to me um, was when Aram just said that this lineup can grind anybody out, and, and that's the thing that I think separates the two of them. So obviously, you have two of the best hitters in baseball, two of the best middle of the order power hitters in baseball that you're comparing head to head. You are Don Alvarez, Pete Alonso. Um, my thing is everybody around those two, like pitching staffs are exhausted after they face the Mets. Yeah. I don't think they're necessarily exhausted after you face the Astros. And that's why I gave the edge to the Mets. I agree with it. And daughters are the best team in baseball. No shit. Yes. Right. Yes. Like, they are historically good too. Again, yeah. they're on pace for 112 wins. The Yankees just, were the first team to 70 wins. And the Yankees are 79 and 52. Dodgers got to 90 wins. Ouch. The Yankees, let me say that again. The Yankees were the first team to 70 wins. They are 79 and 52. And the Dodgers have won 90 games. Aram, <laughs> you hear what I said? Yeah, no, I love it. Um, it's pretty funny. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where you look at the Dodgers and from top to bottom, like that is the most flawless team. I think I've, I can remember. They don't even need Walker Bueller. They, no. they don't even have, yeah. I mean, this is, they lost a top five pitcher in baseball. Like trying in their really, closer hasn't pitched all year. Do, yeah. It neither really has cost them much. Kershaw's missed most of the season. Dustin May just returned. Like Gonsolin's on the IL now. Yeah, Gonsolin's on the IL. None of it matters. They're so deep. Uh, and Gavin Stone, by the way, we've been talking about him. He's been fighting some some surprising command issues in triple. I don't expect it to continue. I think it's just adjusting. But he pitched three and a thirds innings. They're trying to keep his pitch count a little bit low. He struck out seven in three yeah. and a thirds. Seven of the 10 outs were via strikeout. That's a guy that they could call up to. It's just an embarrassment of riches. My question for Jack is, you have the Astros three, Braves four. Did you give any consideration to the Braves topping the Astros or were the Astros kind of set in stone? Was that top three pretty, pretty good to go? That top three was kind of set for me just because of like what kind of depth you have pitching wise for Houston. Like they're deeper. And we brought it up on yesterday's show. Like Houston without Verlander now has to go to a five man rotation <laughs> where Atlanta is still trying to like figure out who the fourth guy it's would a revolving be. door of, yeah. of, of quadruple a guys and that's yes. selling them low because they're all good several of those guys they're are going to have leaders. good big league careers but at this juncture they're kind of quadruple a guys right like i think that the braves lineup is better than the astros lineup but i feel so much more confident in the astros pitching situation than i do atlanta's pitching situation do you do you know who leads the braves in f war in the second half position player wise Michael Harris. Yep. Michael yeah. Harris at one eight. Do you know who leads the the Braves in WRC plus minimum four plate appearances? <laughs> Ryan Goins. Chadwick Trump. Chadwick a Trump. 462 WRC plus. Yeah, he's hitting 750. <laughs> Since 750, baby. No, but I mean this team top to bottom. <laughs> Travis Darno's been been really good. Um, you know who's actually come to earth down down to earth in the second half of it is Dansby Swanson, but it, that doesn't really matter because the rest of the, the team has been so good and Von Grissom's been so good. Um, so yeah, I, I look at the Braves though, and I think they're pretty similar to the Astros in a lot of ways. But yeah, I think that you talk about the the starting pitching sets them apart, and also Kenley Jansen's starting to look a bit vulnerable. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I'm not worried about the Braves bullpen because they've got so many other dudes, but 
if they're relying on Jansen for those high leverage situations, the Braves are a little bit more, more vulnerable, I think. That was the power rankings. Go find them all on JustBaseball.com. A couple weekend series that I'm excited about before we wrap. Yankees against the Rays, of course. Padres against the Dodgers with Sunday Night Baseball being Padres versus Dodgers and uh, the Royals versus the Tigers. Um, now, let's actually talk about some real series, and that is the Yankees versus the Rays, at least on Friday, the day that you're hearing this. It's currently Domingo Herman versus Undecided. Probably take the Rays. They're going to do a bullpen game, and they're going to figure it out. Then it's Jeffrey Springs versus Clark Schmidt. Probably the Rays win that one. And then we have Frankie Montas versus Corey Kluber. Rays probably sweep. Um, I don't know what to say. I mean, yeah. we're we're out manned and outgunned there. And then Dodgers, Padres. Um, it's Andrew Heaney versus Mike Clevenger on Sunday Night Baseball. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. I assume the Dodgers are going to win that. Um, Sean Manaya versus Julio Arias. I think we know who's going to win that. Yes. Um, the Dodgers, for anyone that doesn't know. And then we have you Darvish versus Dustin May. I think the Dodgers are going to win that. I think we're going to see the sweep by the Dodgers and a sweep by the Rays. So real quick before we go, uh, make sure you listen to FAN tonight. If you plan on ingesting Yankees Rays, Howard Kelman. Howard Kelman. Radio voice of the Yankees the show. on Friday night. Yes. I will be listening 1,000%. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. That's going to be really fun. And also, I wanted to hit on one more point with, with the Braves. Ronald Acuna, real quick. Yeah. Um, it, it was really funny because I was doing an Acuna dive legitimately two days ago, and I was floored at at the ground ball rate. Yeah. 49.4% ground ball rate, which you know is not off the charts. Michael Harris is in the high 50s, which is off the charts. But – for Acuna, that's never been his game. Last year, a 31% ground yeah. ball rate. The year before that, 35 For his career, 40%. And that's usually a guy that's not really able to get into his legs, right? If you're not able to get into your legs, you roll over, you kind of lose your lower half. Something I always look for in prospects that are young and kind of struggling to tap into power. And I'm thinking, man, maybe his knee is messed up. Somebody asked him uh, after, I think, the last game yesterday, uh, you know, kind of how he's feeling. And he said, terrible. Terrible. I'm going to get through it this season, um, which Acuna is very dramatic. So I don't know how bad he's actually feeling, but he's definitely feeling it. And I think that the data backs it up, but Acuna is like, I'm feeling horrible. I'm going to try to get through this season. And then we're going to evaluate the knee in the off season. Wow. Hate to hear that for one of the most talented players in the game. And he's, he's still putting up above average numbers, which is just a testament so to how is. freaking good he is a 119 WRC plus, which, I think he's legitimately playing on a bum knee. I don't think he's making excuses. And I think the batted ball data backs it up. If he can get it right, get a magical cortisone shot or something uh, and kick it into gear, then maybe that Braves team could be a number three uh, in the power rankings. Maybe this is unfair. I'm giving him a pass for the season. I No, I think, for example, we're going to rank players next year, right? Of course, when we do our top tens, banger alerts. I don't want to ding Acuna really at all. I'm with you. Like, I think he's... I think he's a top five player in Major League Baseball. If we're like, I can't include the guy behind me. I just don't know what to do. He ranks zero. Yeah, he's, no, he's I, literally he gets his own designation. Not, can't rank but him. I, you know, I think we've become so numb to to ACL injuries because we've seen guys come back so quickly. So, but quick. that doesn't mean that certain guys aren't impacted by it in a way that it takes longer for them to recover, especially such an explosive athlete like Acuna. I know we see NFL players just come back and they look good, but it's a little different when you're taking 600 plate appearances and really getting into those legs and really bending the knees and doing all those things. And I, I think it's just, it's really affecting him. I agree though. When we go to our rankings this year, I'm not, I'm not dinging Ronald Acuna for uh, what a slightly 
above average season off of an ACL tear. Like and one leg. it's still a good season, right? It's it's almost like Mookie's lost season last year yeah. for other reasons. Uh, and look how he's bounced back. Uh, but I just wanted to talk about Acuna because uh, if people are wondering, you know, why he's struggling or whatever, um, you know, that's probably why he feels I'd be concerned for this year. But long term, I think he'll be fine. Yeah, Jack, college football this weekend. College football. Um, on not gambling advice, we have an awesome interview with. Uh, if anyone has found us on TikTok and watches any other sports, bring it on the Stay Hot Pod. Oh, talk yeah. some football. You guys are great. Excited to have the. Excited to have those two guys talk some football, talk some bets. Also, not gambling advice is going to not transition fully to football because obviously we're going to be doing baseball and that's going to be on the forefront for until the end of the postseason. But we will also be mixing in football, too. Oh, yeah. And if you're interested in any more football talk, I know Jack's probably going to make some college football stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, I know Arm's definitely going to be talking some football, but we're just going to put that on the NFL TikTok. It's just gridiron fans as well as on not gambling advice because that's more of our just you know, as we expand and, and we do other things like, you know, we talk other sports too, and we love other sports and that'll be on that. But this is the just baseball show. Thank you guys for listening. Please rate us five stars. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple podcasts, and if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, toss us a like, let us know in the comments where we've been wrong. I freaked out on some teams. Let me know where I was wrong. I probably wasn't, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, Get yourself some just baseball merch, long sleeves, yeah. hats, the whole nine. Anything else before we go? Yeah, let me know if you find any other flaws about myself personally because I'm still trying oh, to Oh, I got it. you. I, yeah, no, I, I already have a notes section I've been <laughs> kind of compiling over the last few months. So Perfect. I'll, I'll just forward that over. I, it wasn't it's not a finished product yet. Um, but we, we can just forward that over, you know, awesome. in the next couple of days. If you wouldn't mind, um, <laughs> don't do it at a normal person hour. Like set an alarm to get up at like two thirty or three in the morning and send it to me then. On a no, I'm going to send it right before your next call. Yeah. Right that works. Before your next broadcast. Yeah. No, and shoot, <laughs> yeah. shoot me a FaceTime and say, hey, did you get to read it yet? <laughs> and with that, thank you, everybody. Bye.